You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the OKC82 Podcast. This is your host, Brady Trantham. With me, as always, is Miss Madison Morris and... I'll go ahead and apologize for the audio issues. I am recording this uh, in Tulsa at my girlfriend's apartment, and my laptop doesn't have the necessary applications or tools or whatever the hell they're called. And so basically we're doing this with a microphone, and Madison is on speakerphone pointed directly into the microphone. This is (laughs) top-notch resources. But, um, hey, we're just going to get the stuff out there because what just happened? What did I just watch, Madison? Tell me. (laughs) the world just happened in that game i was watching the entire game just kind of like uh okay okay <laughs> and then all of a sudden this uh i don't even know what to call him this superb superior figure of a man emerged from paul George's body and uh just completely took over the game it was incredible that was, I want whatever he's drinking in the beginning of the fourth <laughs> quarter, because that was just unreal. Yeah, uh, Paul George, 47 points, uh, 35 points in the second half. The th- um, helps lead the Thunder to a 114-112 win over the Brooklyn Nets on the road. The Thunder were down as much as 23. It was a game that I thought was well over even before halftime. Just the way the Thunder were playing, it was really lackadaisical basketball, lazy passing. Um, they weren't able to string together some consecutive defense, defensive and offensive possessions. It, and the, the Nets just were unconscious from three in the um, second quarter and the kind of midway through the third quarter. I think at one point, Alan Crabb was 7 of 11 from the three-point line. It just it looked like one of those nights where it's just, okay, it's the second road game on a three-game road trip. Uh, Russell was on Jimmy Fallon last night. It just it looked like a bad, like, oh, bad scheduled loss, I guess you could say, but and and I got I'm still getting crap for this on Twitter, <laughs> but I had the Thunder Lost recap on the FranchiseOK.com <laughs> written. It all I have all I had to add were numbers, statistics, and maybe some quotes. But it was written, and then all of a sudden, as soon as I type um, my last word on the article, I look over back at Twitter and I see the Thunder are down ten, and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> what did I just miss? So I basically yeah, I basically missed the uh, comeback, but then I kind of rewatched through Twitter. Basically, I guess Paul George just went unconscious and all of a sudden the Thunder found themselves down in a manageable, you know, at a manageable deficit. They were able to come back and I mean, just it's amazing. The the Thunder are now 14 and 0 against sub 500 teams. Um anytime a, a, an NBA team can win on the road in a game where they look completely uncharacteristic according to how they've played, it's it's a great win. Yeah, no, for sure. And Paul was just—he was incredible in the fourth quarter. I—I I didn't really write down the time mark when it all started, but he had three consecutive threes. He went in for a layup. He had an alley oop assisted from Russ that brought him up to thirty-nine points at that point. Yeah. And it was just—it was unreal. He just didn't. It looked like <laughs> I don't even know. Um, but yeah, Paul George picks up his eighth double double of the season. This was his third straight. Um, he was one shy of his career high of 48, finishing at 47. Um, something I thought was interesting, he had 25 points in the fourth quarter. The Nets had 19 as a team. So it was basically just the Paul George show 
from there on out, he led the Thunder to the biggest comeback in franchise history. And I love this note that I put. These are like the quality notes that go into uh, my Thunder watching. <laughs> I put in all caps, Paul George, what the hell? <laughs> and it was, <laughs> it was just, you know, it was one of those games because, I mean, like Brady was saying, at the beginning of the game, I was watching and the Thunder were able to get on the board first to start the game. But, you know, towards the end of the first quarter, it was all the Nets. And the Nets, you know, they don't have much going for them considering they were coming into this game on a seven-game losing streak. So they found themselves pretty comfortable uh, beyond the arc. They were making a bunch of three-pointers. I think they ended with 15 out of the 36 that they took. And a big problem for the Thunders tonight was that they were fouling uh, the Nets behind the three-point line, and that was allowing the Nets to pick up a four-point play. And that was just a big problem. You know, guys like Jeremy Grant, Russell Westbrook, they got into into some foul trouble. Russ, no surprise here, picks up a tag. Um, Brady, were you able to watch that when Russ picked up a tag? Yeah, it a lot of people asked on on Twitter what what actually happened because I guess the microphones just picked up Russell saying "hurry up" to the referee, but um, and then and I guess I guess he I guess he immediately gets a tech, but it was either the way that he said it because you know there are times where officials I mean you don't necessarily have to cuss to garner a tech it's just basically the tone in, in which that you are um, yelling at them I guess and then if you get warned uh-huh. he was probably warned a play or two before and I think it actually happened right after a layup where Russell thought he got fouled. And he probably should have got a tech coming up the floor because he was screaming at the official. But I'm sure he was probably warned. And then the next time that he screamed at the official, he gets the tech. So either that or he just trash talked. <laughs> yeah, I or, feel like it was a little bit of both. Um, I don't know what else the mics were able to pick up, but I actually tweeted that out that Russ was screaming, hurry up <laughs> to the rest. And I was like, oh gosh, here it comes. <laughs> sure enough, they teed him up. And I was like, oh dear. But. You know, it's kind of funny because we started off this podcast uh, just praising Paul George as we should have because he had an incredible performance. But I think it kind of slipped under the cracks that Russell Westbrook picks up his 108th triple-double and actually surpasses Jason Kidd. So, you know, it wasn't all just Paul George. And uh, Russ kind of secured it there at the end by knocking it out of bounds with, I think, like, what, point one second left when the Nets were trying to use that three seconds to their advantage and it just really didn't work. So... Yeah, you know, I just that's that's like a lot to say about this team right now because coming from a twenty three point deficit, you would think that you know, oh, okay, well, uh, this is it, guys. You know, let's just let's just get out of here. Let's run this clock out. But the Thunder have just been fighting like crazy, and that's why you know Antonio Daniel Daniels was saying it in post game that this not this Thunder team is really something special this year because they fight and they don't stop fighting until the final buzzer. And when you have a mentality like that, and you come into this game a game that, you know, you were probably supposed to win and it just really wasn't looking like you were going to, you know, that that speaks volumes for the Thunder team and just kind of the poise they put on the court tonight. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Really quick, uh, it's just because I saw the – I just saw the stat. It's on Bleacher Report's Twitter account. Um, Because the the big joke with Paul George is that he (laughs) – he had that Gatorade commercial a few years ago where in the commercial he hits a game-winning buzzer beater – then like drinks the Gatorade and says game and it's kind of a gift now. But Pacers fans and uh, Pacers fans and NBA fans have fun with it because he is um, before tonight he was 0 of 14 on shots um, on go ahead attempts with under 10 seconds left in either the fourth quarter or overtime. Tonight was his first ma- his first go ahead uh, bucket 
in all those in 15 in 15 attempts so uh that's obviously huge for paul george so i guess those jokes can kind of go away but um i mean you're exactly right and that's kind of the thing that i was wanting to get into um because even when I was writing like the Thunder Lost recap um, during the uh, third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, uh, when the run was starting, one thing I, I was going to say, like one of the positives out of this loss, Madison, is the Thunder didn't get out of their offense. Like they got out of their defense. They kept they kept having to scramble. It was um, they were just never able to string together consecutive sequences, like I said earlier. But I, I thought the the big positive was, despite that, they're still feeding Steven Adams. Russell Westbrook is still trying to get into the paint. Paul George uh-huh. is still trying to get into the paint. And Russell Westbrook finishes with nine three pointers. I think only two wow. I think only two of them were bad, and one of them happened with under a minute left, and the Thunder were able, were able to get a stop on the other end, set up Paul George for that game winning three. Um, so it, it ended didn't end up mattering but again when the thunder were down they still tried to do the things on offense that they've been doing all year so it was one it's one of these examples that i guess a lot of fans and uh, us in the media we've been waiting for waiting for this team uh, waiting to see out of this team when those nights happen where your shots aren't falling and the defense isn't there and the other team is just unconscious from you know beyond the arc what do you do that's when you kind of show your true characteristics and Russell didn't jack up a bunch of threes. Paul George, uh-huh. he, he jacked up 13, but you, you know, we're accustomed to seeing Paul George do that. But this team didn't panic. They kept trying to run their offense, thinking that, okay, at some point we'll get a few stops, and at some point we'll get some buckets, and then it's all of a sudden a game. I didn't think it was going to happen, and it happened tonight. And so a lot of credit does have to go to Russell Westbrook with that triple-double and, uh-huh. and just the way the team was able to just remain calm and not – basically waved the white flag there was one point in the fourth quarter uh the i believe the thunder got it down to 17 and then uh uh, d'angelo russell hits a big three at the end of the shot clock at the top of the key and to go back up by 20 and i thought okay it's it's time to wave in the white flag you know you got a game on friday night on the road you don't want to get any injuries this game's over it's just it's just kind of the way that's looking but to the thunder's credit they didn't jack up threes they played within themselves they played within their offense and then that's coincidentally around the same time Paul George got hot, but it's just, it's just incredible. I mean, I asked on Twitter to all of our listeners, um, is this the best Paul George game since he's been with the Thunder? And a lot of people pointed to that game five comeback um, last season against the Utah Jazz when the Thunder came back down from 25. So I, I think it's his best perform- individual performance just because just of the sheer scoring, the unconsciousness in which he just shot the ball, and another kind of positive for Russell Westbrook, that final play, you know, everybody, you and I probably thought the same thing. A Ru- here comes a Russ three, and he's either going to. Yes, that's exactly yeah, what I was thinking. It's, I'm not even kidding. It's I was either, like, oh, dear. Yeah, it's either going in and Russell, you know, looks like the MVP from two seasons ago, or it's going to drop, or it's not going to drop, and then everyone's just going to dog Russell for the next few days. Uh-huh. But Billy called up a good play. Russell ran it. He caught it at the top of the key, dribbled to the left to just basically shift the defense completely towards the left side, and he passed uh-huh. it behind him to Paul George, who had Joe Harris tr- just trying. Poor Joe Harris. Joe Harris has a good Poor game. Joe he has a good game tonight, and then he just gets cooked, straight up cooked by Paul George and had to just basically find himself on an island on that last shot, and Paul George sank it. Uh-huh. And- 
you bring up a really good point right there. Um, can we credit Billy Donovan also for this game? He made some really good substitutes, like, there in the final uh, couple of minutes that were actually pretty crucial. But I think he, like, put Steven Adams back in the game and took Terrence out. And Stephen was able to hit some good picks. He was able to get some good looks. He was able to set things up for that to really fall for Paul George. And I know that a lot of people at the beginning of the season when the Thunder went on that 0-4 start were calling for Billy's job. But, you know, if you look into kind of this stuff, you have to understand that this is a lot of coaching too. You know, those guys are being told what to do. And that's, you know, they're doing what they're being told, hopefully. And... When I, I don't know, I feel like when a player and the coach have that kind of chemistry and they have that kind of trust on the court, that's when success comes. And I think these guys are really starting to listen to Billy a lot more. And, you know, that's been helping them to secure these wins. You know, now they've given the Nets their eighth straight loss when it looks like a game that was just doomed from the second quarter. So, you know, a lot of credit to Billy Donovan in this night, too. No, no, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, Billy is... You know, it seems like anytime he's he's analyzed, it's always it always comes from like a critical angle. Um, he he always get he usually gets a lot of criticism, never really gets any credit. It's it usually goes to well, the Thunder have Russell Westbrook and Paul George and Stephen Abs. They're just they they can score a lot. They defend at a high level as a team. It's always going to be because of the the talent that the team has. And Billy just he's never in that conversation like a like a Brad Stevens or. Um, uh, Greg Popovich and uh, Steve Kerr, and of course, I don't. I don't think Billy is a, a better coach, you know, a better coach than them, just because of the uh-huh. track record. But you know, I've always felt that he. If you want to rank your top ten, top fifteen coaches, I think that he's in that category for sure. Just, right. just knowing how, to, knowing X's and O's, understanding how the game is played, understanding how to. I mean, even last year, you can even look at last year as being a, a great coaching job by. Uh, Billy Donovan, just from the standpoint of he had so many egos that he had to to calm, and, <laughs> right. and you know, yeah, like you're he, exactly right. yeah, Dan Tony tried a second go around with with Mello, and like eight nine games in, they're like, see ya. <laughs> yeah, we can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> now, of course, the Thunder were a little bit tied with Carmelo's contract. They couldn't exactly just say see you later, but um, still, it, it's just it's really fascinating the um, the job Billy Donovan has done, and just. Even that last play, that last play is so indicative of what the job that he's been able to do because, just like we said, we all knew Russell was going to jack up some stupid three, and it just didn't happen. The mm-hmm. pl- the play that Billy Donovan drew up is what happened, and it was just amazing. But um, I do need to give credit where credit is due. Um, I'm watching the game at this uh, bar in Tulsa because, like I said, I'm at my girlfriend's house. And I'm watching the game at this bar, and I'm by myself – and, you know, the first half happens, halftime happens, and then the Thunder are down like 23 in the uh, in the third quarter. And then my girlfriend shows up to watch the game with me. As soon as she sat down, like I really need to find uh, the time mark when she sat down because the Thunder went on. That's when they started their run. So, uh, Annalie, if you want to – here, I'm giving you a shout-out. Hey. <laughs> Go, Annalie. <laughs> Thanks, girl. <laughs> Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, so and Thunder fans, you know. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, I love that so much. But, no, this this was game. It was – I don't want to call it, like, a weird game because it wasn't exactly weird the way that it turned out. It was more of, like, a surprising type of thing. And, um, you know, this is the first time the Thunder have allowed 60-plus points to an Eastern Conference team this season. 
and it happened to be the Brooklyn Nets. So yeah, it was just kind of like a what in the world is going on? But then in the fourth quarter, it was another kind of what in the world is going <laughs> on? But a better one, you know? No, and like I always kind of use the Brooklyn Nets as kind of a as an example. A lot of times when I explain uh, just how. It's so hard to win games, especially on the road in the NBA. Like, there's no such thing. I mean, Phoenix is bad, Atlanta is bad, but every team in this league has talent. Right. And the thing about Brooklyn, and the first half, and most of the third quarter, and a little bit of the fourth quarter, it this applies. Brooklyn runs a system that, on any given night, if they just start hitting their threes, they're going to beat you, just because. They've, they've got a plethora of pretty good shooters. They they put up a lot of shots. They put up 23 three-pointers, I think, in, in a, like, before even um, halftime start, or before even halftime. They put up 23 threes and hit nine or ten of them. And when they're hitting, like, at that clip, it, it's hard to beat anybody. And that's, that's just the system that Brooklyn wants to run. And Atkinson does a very good job of letting his players run that system. And they've got some pretty nice talent. I mean, Jared Allen's a good good center. D'Angelo Russell, we all know how talented he is. Uh, Alan Crabb, a lot of people remember his, his his great shooting that gave him such a stupid contract in Brooklyn um, out of Portland. So, you know, this the Brooklyn Nets have some players, but um, in about once every 16, 17 games, they're going to do this. But you would think that on a night like this they would win. So, I, again, that just makes this win, this victory for the Thunder, that much more impressive just because, like we said, they played like they played like dirt. They played like trash. They This was the worst Thunder game that they had played all season. Yes, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I don't even think – I mean, in the Sacramento game on the road, they at least came back and made it a game um, throughout most of it. The Denver game in Oklahoma City – was about to get there, but then the Thunder were able to come back and stay within 10 throughout most of the game and then make it kind of a, a decision game in the fourth quarter. So um, it was really the first game where we kind of watched this and thought, yep, this is an L. Yeah, no, for sure. And like you were saying, Brooklyn does have talent. They had six players uh, scoring double digits tonight. Two of them were off the bench. So you can't exactly count a team like this out, especially like what Brady was saying when they get hot from three. Because that's really kind of what Brooklyn is known for right now, is just really getting hot from three. And I think the Thunder did a pretty decent job by limiting that. or limit, Yeah, limiting that. Um, because Brooklyn was able to make 15 out of the 36 attempts. 36 attempts. That's, you know, that's a lot. I know the Thunder had 38. But, you know, for a team that is just known for shooting from downtown and has a bit, quite a bit of success doing it, uh, the Thunder were able to really limit that and... They did pick up some of those, I, I just want to call them lousy fouls. You know, you can't get too aggressive on defense when you have a guy shooting from three because if you allow a four-point play, that's just that's just garbage. Like, oh, that's, that's not something that should be done. <laughs> that's a thunder staple, fouling a three-point shoot. That point happened two. <laughs> a lot tonight. A lot. And it should not have happened. <laughs> no. So it's just kind of like a, oh, dear. No, I mean, I mean, you just... <sighs> I mean, the Thunder kind of neutralized that with some of their clutch three-point shooting. I mean, overall, they shoot 13 of 38, 34%, better than their season average, a little bit better, I should say. But um, outside of Paul George, everything else was pretty, eh. I mean, Schroeder's two of four. Terrence Ferguson really helped, really played into, like, he, you know, a lot of people are going to point to Paul George for obvious reasons, but Ferguson actually got this 
um, comeback really started with those two three-pointer, those two kind of, I don't know if they were consecutive, but they, it seemed like it happened within under a minute that he hit those two three-pointers. And And I guess it, I guess it sparked the thunder or made them realize, oh, we're only down 17, 18 points. And then all of a sudden Paul George goes on his run and then it's a 10 point game, a nine point game, a seven point game, then it's tied, you know? So it's. I, I, I hesitate to say that it was like a well-rounded team victory because everyone's going to point to Paul George. Everyone's going to point to Russell Westbrook's uh, triple-double and the um, last play that where he found Paul George wide open for the three-pointer. But um, in a game where Alex Sabrinas is 0 for 2 from 3, Patrick Patterson 0 for 1, uh, Hamadou Diallo returns, makes his first uh, makes it, um, plays his first minute since rolling his ankle in Golden State um, a few weeks ago, only plays a just under five minutes looked frankly he looked terrible it's probably the first bad Hamadou Diallo game that he's um played in this season but yeah. I, I mean you can point to a few plays here and there a few players here and there and everybody pretty much chipped into this victory and I, I think you know other than that three-point uh dagger shot by Paul George I thought the biggest play was that Steven Adams tip out off of a Paul George mitt. I think Paul George tried to shoot a three. He missed it. Steven Adams reaches up for the rebound and tips it back to Paul George, and he gets the offensive rebound. Paul George dribbles to his left and sinks the butt, um, gets the mid-range shot to fall, and it basically kept the Thunder still you know, afloat on offense. I thought that was perhaps probably the biggest possession. I don't know if you remember it, though, but it was around maybe a, the 140 mark, but um, that was probably the biggest tip out of Steven Adams' um, season thus far. Right, and Stephen Adams, I mean, he had some pretty good looks, and uh, there were a couple times, <laughs> I put this as one of my LOL moments, uh, there was a, I think, when was this? This was right before halftime, Stephen Adams sets a pick on uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, <laughs> and Spencer looks like he almost snaps in half. He, like, <laughs> that guy is strong, and I think I make this comment on every single podcast, but I'm just, like, adding some emphasis to it. Um and, you know, Steven Adams, I've been noticing in the past couple of games, he's been getting double teams, triple teams. I think teams are starting to really understand how strong this guy is and kind of the defensive presence that he brings, even the offensive presence. And so, you know, Steven is going to have to start dealing with stuff like that. And so far, so good. Um, I think he still looks a little slow getting some of those offensive rebounds. But, I mean, kind of the point Brady was just saying, he had that massive tip. Uh, from a Paul George miss three and you know stuff like that is huge and it kind of overrides just like the little times he's not able to get to the ball a little faster so you know credit to Steven Adams he's definitely having to deal with a lot of a lot of big bodies on him right now because he is just a strong guy people always comment on stuff like that other players from other teams coaches even make comments on it so I really do think that's a big adjustment that teams are making when the Thunder come to town or they're in Chesapeake Energy Arena no, I mean, that's always a big thing. Even if you're, I mean, the Thunder are the worst three-point shooting team in the league, but if guys like Jeremy Grant, um, Alex Sabrinas, if they're hitting their shots, Patrick Patterson even, um, especially Jeremy Grant, if they're hitting their three-point shots at just kind of an average clip, the main thing that you want to do as an offense is spread the floor. And if you've got a bunch of guys out there that the defense doesn't respect and they're not going to close out on, it's going to make you know attacking the paint that much more difficult. So... Um, with the way Jeremy Grant is shooting the ball, he's at least forcing defenders to close out on him. And you can use that same logic to Steven Adams, but kind of on the um, inside out, where 
Go back to that Golden State game, uh, that Golden State victory a few weeks ago. What was the big halftime adjustment Steve um, Steve Kerr made? It was to double team, triple and triple team Stephen Adams because uh-huh. <laughs> Adams kept getting um, so many easy buckets on, on their defense that it just didn't matter what Golden State was doing on offense or defense. So Adams garnering that much attention from opposing coaches and opposing defenses, it makes it that much easier for the shooters and. A team that, I mean, you would rather you would rather your your team that shoots thirty percent from the three point line um, throughout the season to be wide open in their attempts, and Stephen Adams plays a big role in doing that. So, um, it's just it's just fascinating to see a team that can't shoot continue to win in twenty eighteen NBA. Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like that. But all I'm saying as a little wrap up before we get to questions is just thank goodness for that fourth quarter to help this Thunder team out because I noted that the first half was some of the ugliest basketball I have ever seen from the Thunder this season because it was just a lot of bad shots. Even when it was some good looks, the ball just wasn't falling in, and that's going to happen. You just have to figure that out. Um, They were just allowing the Nets to hit the three and get to the free throw line way too many times. You know, Terrence had a goaltending call. Jeremy got in foul trouble. I think he picked up three and then picked up his fourth right out of halftime. Uh, Russ got his tag. Steven turned the ball over three times in the first half, and just a lot of those regular shots, like Steven's hook shot, even some of Nerland's hook shots, were not falling. Russ was just taking not the greatest of shots, and it was just a bad first half overall. So <laughs> I don't know. That was just like night and day when the fourth <laughs> quarter hit, and I was like, "Am I still watching the same game?" <laughs> yeah, I mean. It was the start of the second quarter because, I mean, I hate to throw him under the bus, but it was when Hamadou Diallo made uh, made his debut. Um, a lot of the passes, the turnovers, and even the passes where they connected um, with teammates, they looked, they looked like kids out there because they were just tossing the ball really high up in the air, to, like across the court. They were just some very questionable passes with a team that, you know, if you look at the numbers, the Thunder don't pass the ball as much as, I think they 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 rank close to the bottom in terms of passes per game, but on their few passes, they just look so lethargic, and right. it's like this team looks so hungover for whatever reason. But <laughs> again, it's just another thing that makes this victory that much more impressive. But um, really quick, um, shout out to Sarah at um, let's see what's her at at ten or at the tennis storm. Um, Thunder fan lives up in the area around Brooklyn, New York City. Um, she just she wanted to make the comment that um, it sounded like a home game in the state in the arena tonight. So I, that's kind of always the thing with Brooklyn. If you guys, if you remember Madison two years ago during Russell Westbrook's MVP year, um, Brooklyn was one of the um, road arenas that chanted MVP to Russell when he was uh, shooting free throws. That's just always kind of it's just kind of always the thing with Brooklyn and uh, the beat writers like Brett Dawson and. Uh, Eric Horn, who were actually in the arena tonight covering the team, you could you could just tell from their tweets that everybody was excited when the when the thunder like it actually started getting loud when the thunder started coming back. Oh yeah, no, I can even hear that on television. I saw so many people just wearing like OKC jerseys, OKC T-shirts. There was more blue in there than there was black, and it was just fantastic. You know, it's really cool to see that this team is having such an impact that people all the way in New York City are you know, holding it down for the Thunder when they come to town. So good for Brooklyn. Showing Jay- out. Jay-Z's going to be, <laughs> Jay-Z's so cool. going to be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
Also, I do want to give a shout-out. He's not going to hear it, but I want to give a shout-out to the elderly Nets fan wearing red long sleeves under his jersey because he was a hoot. I don't know if you ever were able to see him on television, no, but, I... but he was killing it. <laughs> it was so funny. Hey, uh, I'd love to go see a game in Brooklyn someday. Hopefully in the ne- in the near future. I'll get somebody <clears throat> the franchise. I'll get somebody to pay for a trip up there. That'll be fun. Uh, That'll but be so fun. Do we have any questions? It seemed like it was just more comments about how Paul George played his best game of his career. Um. Yeah, I'm looking at all of these. Um. Okay, so Patrick Brunsvold actually makes a cool little statement that I wanted to bring up because I actually noted to say that, and I thought this was so interesting listening to the game. Um. Chris Fisher said, Paul, I don't know if he meant it this way, so I'm definitely not trying to put words in anyone's mouth here, but he basically was saying this is turning into Paul George's team. He's, quote-unquote, carrying his troops on his back. And I thought that was kind of cool, you know, just because this has always been Russ's team. You know, it's still going to be Russ's team, but it's kind of nice seeing that another player is stepping up into this leadership position and, He's earning the respect of Thunder fans all over and definitely from the franchise. So, well, the fran- like the Thunder franchise. Well, I mean, from our franchise as well. But <laughs> So, you know, I just I thought that was a really, really cool statement when I heard that. And I immediately noted that down so I could kind of like bring that to life on the podcast tonight. Yeah, well, I think it's really important. And I don't think Russell needs a game like this to, to understand that Paul George is a, is a great kind of tran- almost transcendent player in the NBA in terms of he plays such at he plays at such a high level on both ends of the floor, offense and defense. But um, in it, it, even last year, and a lot of that has to do with Carmelo Anthony took up a lot of of the volume of the offense, just because at the time he was still Carmelo Anthony, at least in the eyes of Russell Westbrook, Billy Donovan, and Paul George. Um, but it, it, it is kind of nice to see a game, the Thunder win um, in a comeback. And it's not because Russell Westbrook just starts raining down some garbage threes, you know. Now, right. now there's there, now there's a little bit of a track record that you know p- other players not named Russell Westbrook can win the Thunder um, some big time games, and it's just it's going to be that much more important as you get into the year, especially um, the kind of the second half of December into January and February when the schedule gets incredibly tough. You know, teams are going to pack the paint and try and stop Russell Westbrook, but Paul George is still on this team. And uh-huh. if he can if he can just get a few offensive sequences rolling, then it's just a completely different ball game and it makes this team so hard to defend and so hard to stop because of you know, just because of the talent. And then you get down into the depth and then you get down into the system and then you get down into uh, how talented this team is on defense. It's just I, we're only 22, 23 games into the year, but I mean, my goodness, at what point do we start saying like this team could seriously make a run in the playoffs? Right. I think some people have already started saying that. I've seen that being put out there a little bit and uh, it's intriguing. It's kind of intriguing to think about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, Detroit, I mean, Denver is playing well. Golden State is Golden State. Houston is probably going to rebound off of a bad start, you would think. Um, L.A. is kind of a surprise. The Clippers, they're a surprise. Uh Uh, Memphis, a surprise. The Lakers have LeBron James. Um, Yeah, you just can't count 
you can't count the Lakers out yet. Yeah. You can't count on any team with LeBron James. And the Thunder, you know, they, they have one more road game, Chicago on Friday night, and then they'll get the Utah Jazz in Oklahoma City. So that's that's when you can start. And Utah, of course, is, you know, off to some, like, pretty much a slow start for their standard, considering mm-hmm. how, how hot they finished last year. But um, it's going, it's getting, we're getting close to the point where we can start making some uh, predictions as to how the Thunder should fare in the postseason. Right, yeah. And uh, just for the objective homer who asked me on Twitter, do you think Russ gave away those lime green kicks? In fact, sir, he did. He gave them away to a young Thunder fan he sought out in the crowd. After the game, the kid looked to be about seven or eight years old. It was super cute. So, yes, the lime green kicks, which I was a big fan of tonight, just putting that out there. God, there were the so many colors. were given away. It looked like the Knicks out there. Just the, the, the <laughs> orange sleeves, they, they, look, they, look like, they look like the Knicks. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of uh, colorful, colorful vibes out there tonight. <laughs> but hey, whatever happens. And then actually, Paul George gave away his sneakers too. And I love whoever was running the Fox camera because they left it on the guys who looked to be about my age. And they definitely had a little dispute on who was going to get the shoes because all three of them had ha- hands on them. So. Oh yeah, my dude was like just just cradling the shoe like. <laughs> <laughs> Back up, back up, bro, back up. I was like, oh, gosh. So I guess we'll just leave it at that, Brady, with a little shoe debacle. Yeah, everybody was happy in Brooklyn except for, like, the 30 Brooklyn Nets diehard fans in the (laughs) arena. Bless their hearts. Bless their hearts. Yeah, um, I guess that's where we'll kind of call it the Thunder win. 114 to 112 behind Paul George's 47 points. Russell Westbrook's uh, 108th triple-double of his career. 23-point comeback, the largest comeback in Thunder history. I assume that just means the regular season because the Thunder did come back from 25 down in Game 5 of the postseason last year against the Utah Jazz. Um, an incredible victory. The Thunder are 2-0 and on this three-game road trip thus far. They finish out the road trip Friday night against the Chicago Bulls. Um, these aren't your... Uh, Father, grandfathers, Chicago Bulls. These are some. These are. This is another bad team. The Thunder have the uh, <laughs> the fortune to play against early on in the year. Um, if they can get this win, it's just going to make. It's just going to mean that much more deeper into the season once seeding becomes more important. But uh, the Thunder are. Let's see. Are they fifteen and seven? Fifteen or uh, six? Let's see. I had that pulled up, and then I went to go check. They're the sixteen. Scoreboard. Sixteen and seven. Yeah. Thunder are 16 and 7 on the year. Um, one of the hottest teams in the NBA since their own four starts. Um, just incredible basketball. And even on nights like tonight where they play terrible basketball for about 40 minutes, they can just they have got they've got a, they've got two guys that one of them can go transcend it and make it all just basically not matter. So kudos to the Thunder, kudos to Billy Donovan, Paul George, Russell Westbrook. It was really fun, really fun to watch, but. Yeah, that's where we'll end it. Uh, Madison, thank you so much for jumping on. And uh, absolutely. Hopefully, this sounds this sounds as good as a, a speakerphone going directly into a microphone can sound. Woo. <laughs> My fingers are crossed. Yeah. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the OKC82 podcast. I'm going to rewrite my recap, so look for that on <laughs> thefranchiseok.com. Uh, we will be back um, on Friday nights. Uh, Madison and I, um, for those in the Oklahoma City market, we don't know yet because of weather. We might have some severe weather, so this may not be able to happen. But if I'm in Oklahoma. But uh, weather pending, 
Madison and I will be on the airwaves immediately following the Bulls Thunder game Friday night on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. So um, we'll be doing that, writing our recaps, and then doing our podcast immediately after the postgame show. So we'll be busy Friday night, but please join in and uh, have some fun with us. But everybody, thank you so much. Um, The Thunder win and stay sexy.